Good morning, everybody. My name is Damien Ryan. I'm the Country Liberal Party candidate for the seat of Lingiari in the upcoming federal election. It's my pleasure to welcome the Prime Minister of Australia, the Honourable Scott Morrison, here to Alice Springs this morning. It's great to be meeting here on Arundel land and looking at businesses, local businesses here in Central Australia. Jobs are the lifeblood of our future going forward in Central Australia. Thanks very much, Prime Minister. Thanks, thanks, Damien. Well, I'm really pleased to be here, first of all, to acknowledge the Indigenous owners of the land on which we are gathered today, the Arundel people, the elders past, present and emerging. I tell you, one of those who are emerging in a, such a huge way is uh, someone who's become a good mate in the last week, that's Ben Sharber. Uh, ben and I only met a week ago at the Indigenous Business Awards in Sydney, where he was one of the finalists. And uh, he's electric. Look at that smile. <laughs> and Jenny and I met him and his wife, uh, part of Kylie, and we were blown away by Ben's story. Ben told me his story, and this is an encouragement not only to Indigenous Australians all around the country, but all Australians, about just the power of human belief. Ben was in prison. He decided that's not where he wanted to be. He wanted to change his life. He got out of prison. Got, went and knocked on doors and got himself a job. And then when he was in that job for a number of years, he said, I want a trade. <laughs> and he got himself a trade. And then he did that. And look at him now. He's running his own business here. Yep. He is a finalist in the Indigenous Business Awards across the country. One of four great Indigenous businesses which we celebrated last Friday. He's employing 10 people here. He's raising up new apprentices. Um, he's raising up employees, men, women, indigenous uh, employees, and he's training a whole new generation to follow in his footsteps. It is an inspirational story. It is an Australian story. It is an Alice Springs story. It's a tale of Alice. There's no, no doubt about that. And I could not be more proud of his achievements. And you know, when you look behind what has occurred with the Australia's record on getting people back into jobs, You've got 1.1 million people back in jobs over the course of this pandemic. We've got 250,000 more people in work today than we had before the pandemic started. We've got women's unemployment at its lowest level in, in, in a generation, down at, down at 4% and falling. We've got the unemployment rate at 4.2%. We've got more, more women in the labour force today with the participation rate than at any other time in Australia's history. We have more Australians of working age in work today than at any other time in our history. Australia is working. Australia is getting into jobs. And unemployment is going south of 4%. The youth unemployment rate is now at 9%. We haven't seen that in ages. And the reason that is happening is because of people like Ben. Small business people having a crack, having a go, backing themselves, building a business and taking people on and giving them the same opportunity in life that they got. Small and medium sized businesses, whether they're indigenous run or they're not, they are really powering our economy through this pandemic. And I want to thank all of those small and medium sized business operators who've been out there doing it tough through the pandemic, now getting back up on their feet as Australia is opening up again, our borders are opening up again. Uh, the country is opening up again and we're moving confidently into the future. And we're backing that in with a strong economic plan. And one element of that plan I'm announcing today here, and I really wanted to do it with Ben, 
is we're putting $21.9 million into new programs to support Indigenous businesses and entrepreneurship and to raise up those young people who are coming through. There's around 13 million which is focused on developing the skills and giving them the, the hope and the opportunity of how they can progress their careers. There's also money in that budget which is about assisting people like Ben to take his company to the next level and to give him also on top of that and others like him those directorship skills and those other corporate skills to take their business to the next level. You know, Ben's sights aren't just here in the Alice, he's got his eyes on the Hunter as well and he's excited about going there and uh, setting up operations there with those same resource opportunities that are driving his business here, those resources opportunities under a Liberal National Government in the Hunter will be there under a Liberal National Government and you can't be sure of that under the Labor Party in bed with the Greens who aren't the best news ever for our resources industry that supports businesses just like this and the jobs of transformation that we're seeing. Our investments in the defence industry are significant here in the Territory in particular, and I'll be having a bit more to say about that when I'm up in Darwin later today. But I am just so pleased to be here with Ben to make this announcement, because that $21.9 million is all about investing in the Ben Sharpers of today and the future. And we met a few of those boys here today um, in the same way. They're getting their start in life because Ben decided to change his life. And uh, that humbles me, Ben. Yep. Uh, it makes me love this country even more. And when I think about this place, uh, Damien, and I think about the businesses that are here in the Alice and uh, your vision to see those businesses continue to succeed and having the right support, particularly on all the challenges that are faced here in Alice, you know about that as being a mayor of long time standing working as part of a government to address the many challenges on the ground. Happy to take some questions. Prime Minister, the voice to Parliament, taking it to the next level. When's that going to happen? Well, we're already moving ahead uh, with the local and regional voices because we believe mm. this happens from the ground up. One of the things that you know I've learned working with Pat Turner, the head of the Coalition of Peaks, uh, delivering important services to Indigenous Australians all around the country, is you've got to build this stuff from the ground up. It can't be top down. You can't just get a whole bunch of people in Canberra telling the rest of uh, Indigenous Australians about you know, how they should live and what they should do. I want to hear people from the ground up. That's where the voices of Indigenous Australians come from. And uh, Ken White, uh, who has led this process, um, a, a bipartisan process we had hoped, um, through the Joint Committee, which was, was led uh, by the government, um, is, is setting that out with Tom Karma as well. And, uh, and Marcia Langton, who set out that roadmap for how we're going to achieve that, uh, we're pressing forward with that plan. Labor's got a different plan. Um, we've got a plan which is based about empowering local Indigenous communities and hearing their voices, in particular hearing the women of those communities. I remember being out um, in Central Australia as many years ago when I was Shadow Housing Minister. I went out to Santa Teresa, not far from here. Um, well, it was a bit away from here, but out here it's relatively close uh, in that context. I visited many of the um, remote communities around Central Australia. And what I learned on that visit with Tony Abbott all those years ago is they're the voices you've got to hear. Plenty of voices making a lot of noise down in Canberra, but I want to hear the voices out in remote communities directly, and that's what our proposal delivers, and that's how you close the gap, listening to local voices. We've got an election coming up where Australians have to make 
an important decision about who is best to lead them in these incredibly uncertain times. We've got Russian troops amassed on, the Ukraine, on, on Ukraine's border. We've got coercion on Australia's interests here in our own region. We've got uh, rapidly escalation, escalating militarisation in our own region. And I think Australians have to compare and contrast between the government I lead on national security and the alternative. And Labor just doesn't measure up to the mark of our government when it comes to national security. Labor cut defence spending, they cut funding to the intelligence communities you're referring to. I tell you what doesn't help the intelligence community, cutting their funding. We've increased their funding. So I am going to make it very clear that if you want to keep Australians safe, and if you want a government that's going to continue to stand up for Australia in an uncertain world, then my government and myself as Prime Minister have the runs on the board. I'd like there to be greater agreement in this area, but the Labor Party haven't measured up. And I don't think there's any problem in pointing that out. I'm not going to set a low bar for bipartisanship. If the Labor Party wants to agree with our policies, then they've got a lot more work to do, because frankly on this issue, they're weak. No, that's not what he said at all, and you're misrepresenting it. Well, not just that, but I'm going to ask David to talk about this. We'll be catching up with the Mayor uh, here in Alice Springs, as you know, who wrote to me. And Ken White was here five days after we received that letter and, as you know, uh, made that announcement. There are so many issues we have to do on law and order. Look, I work closely with, with Michael Gunner when it comes to addressing the pandemic, but I don't agree with Michael Gunner and the Labor Party that there's not a law and order issue here in Alice Springs. There is. It's real. And uh, we'll be making and doing more things here in Alice Springs Damien's got the experience to know how to do that, working, having worked in local government. And uh, Ken's made, I think, a really positive start in terms of what the uh, federal government can do. Uh, but the, the Northern Territory government has to understand, the Labor government here needs to understand that law and order is a real issue. I'm the son of a police officer. I understand law and order issues. I increase funding for the Australian Federal Police. I increase funding for our intelligence agencies. I've increased funding for our border protection agencies. So when it comes to law and order, I know what the priorities are, and I'll be looking to Damien, and I'm looking forward to my discussions with the Mayor today about what else we can do. But Damien, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, certainly. Thank you, Prime Minister. Uh, look, following Mayor Patterson's letter to numerous people across the country, Jacinta Price, uh, the Senate candidate for the Northern Territory, myself, met with Mayor Matt Patterson. Uh, since then, uh, arrangement was made through Josh Burgoyne's office for Ken White to meet, and uh, this morning, uh, just before this, I was able to arrange a meeting with the Mayor that the Prime Minister and I will go to after this. The discussion is very disappointing for the people of Alice Springs when our current Chief Minister in Parliament this week uh, said on a question from the opposition bench or from the independent Robin Lamley that there really wasn't an issue down here. He says it quite regularly. It's very disappointing. You've only got to ask people in your own workplace. There is an issue. I hope to work really closely with Ken White going forward in different programs that can assist our town and also assist the youth of this town. On top of that, you know, go back to the point of being here today, it's pretty exciting when you see a local business who's helping young people find a different way of life. And we need more of that and that's what we'll be working strongly on.
Well, the Port of Darwin was sold by the former Territory Government here in the Northern Territory. It is not something that the Federal Government had any power to prevent or stop. And uh, what occurred after that is because the Federal Government didn't have any approving authority or any ability to prevent that sale, is I changed the law as Treasurer. I got all the states and territories to agree as Treasurer that there shouldn't be the ability for states and territories to sell assets like that in the future, and now they can't, and I fixed that. And since then, um, we have kept with our defence and intelligence agencies a very close watch of what's been happening there, and uh, there's been a process underway which I uh, initiated. Um, I announced that when I was up in Darwin some time ago, and uh, that process continues, and I can assure you if there is uh, any action that we need to take that suggests that there is any compromise to national security in that area, then we would certainly take it, because Australians know that about me and my government. We have demonstrated this time again. Australians have a clear choice to make. They can look at what I've done in standing up to coercion in the region. They can see the strong stand I've taken, whether it's on the origins of, the, of, the, of COVID-19 or standing up to the trade sanctions. They should all go. I've said there's no compromise on that. If they don't want to talk to us because they want us to change things like freedom of the press or not talk about what's happening with the Uyghur communities and things like that, I've said no way. And I've stood up to that coercion of this uh, against our country. Australians know that. They can't be sure about the other mob because it's, it's a fact. They cut defence spending. They cut intelligence spending. You know, in their own Labor Party, whether it's Paul Keating or Bob Carr or going back to Sam Dastyari, Labor's form in this space is very ordinary. So there's a clear choice. Who do you think they'd prefer not to have running the country in Australia? I can't quite. Are you comfortable with that lease, Well, I, my, my decision on that will always be guided by the Defence and Intelligence Agencies who are constantly scrutinising this at our request and at my direction. And so if uh, they believe we need to do more than we're currently doing there now, then I won't hesitate. And you mentioned your previous service in housing. Yeah. I'm sorry. As Treasurer, I committed more than half a billion dollars. I did that funding arrangement directly with, the, with, with Chief Minister Gunner. That's what he asked for, and that's what he got. He got $550 million when I was Treasurer, and I've honoured that as Prime Minister as well. On top of that, they said they wanted a top-up bill on the GST, and I provided another $260 million on top of their regular GST allocation to ensure that important uh, issues in the Northern Territory could be dealt with. Important services, whether they be health, or whether they be law and order, or indeed they be housing, because the Northern Territory government is right. Housing is a territory responsibility. But you know, when we've put in over half a billion dollars, the Northern Territory government has to get on and do their job in this area. I mean, how much more money do they need to be given um, to go and do their job? We have, every time, we've stumped up.
these issues need to be addressed. And you know, we came to the party on this, so they need to get on. But I remember Tony Abbott came up this way, and he came back to me. This was a while ago, and he said, "We need to get some more houses built for these remote communities." I got Ray Griggs on the phone, brought him up to my office. This is back in 2018, 19, I think it was. And I said, we need to get um, the military in there building those houses before the wet season comes. So I have sent the military in to build houses in remote communities in the Northern Territory. I've put over half a billion dollars in. So I think that speaks to my commitment. I believe not only is Anthony Albanese not the right leader for this country because I don't think he has the strength on national security that I have demonstrated and my government has demonstrated. But the other part that worries me about Anthony Albanese when it comes to national security is that he has always come from the socialist left of the Labor Party. He has always had sympathies um, with those policies which have been very hostile. For example, I mean, the left of the Labor Party and the Greens you know, denounce Israel as, as war criminals. You know, the, on positions, whether it's on that, uh, their own members who sit in their own parliament have accused our government of, of being a deputy sheriff to the United States, which undermines the, the, the genuine partnership we had with the United States. The Labor Party is soft on national security, and this Labor Party, under the most left-wing-leaning Labor leader that we have seen since Gough Whitlam, since Gough Whitlam, um, that is not a good form to be strong on national security. Now, my reputation on this is on the record. Everything from stopping the boats, standing up to coercion, funding our defence forces, backing in our intelligence services, increasing our border protection, establishing the Australian border force. I think there's a clear choice. And if people are asking themselves honestly and genuinely, who's stronger on national security? Well, there's only one answer, the Liberals and Nationals, under my leadership. Parties completely united, and I think we saw that on display over the course of the last week. We're focused on ensuring that we have a strong economy for a strong future. That's what my team's completely united on. Um, my team is completely focused on keeping Australians safe and delivering the national security that we need in incredibly uncertain times. Our team is focused and united on the, on, on the road ahead with a clear economic plan, which is about cutting taxes and cutting red tape. Secondly, ensuring uh, that we're investing in the skills development and infrastructure that Australia needs to grow, particularly here in Central Australia. Ensuring that we've got the reliable, affordable energy. Labor's emissions reductions policies will just see more of our reliable energy fade away. They couldn't even support us building gas plants and they flip-flopped on that and came up with a plan which costs twice as much as deliver. Our data and digital economy which will empower businesses, not just in the big cities, but right here like Ben's, and the skills they need to be successful. And finally, sovereign manufacturing capability that we're delivering. And we're seeing more and more young people particularly coming into manufacturing jobs. And with our defence industries commitment, particularly here in the Northern Territory, that is only going to see those jobs increase. It's been great to be here with you, mate. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a thrill. Jen says hi to Kylie too. Yeah, well, and it was lovely to meet you, Gordon. Thank today. you.